welcome to the Business of Property podcast. I'm Simon. I'm Stuart. We've been finding, buying and creating income from investment properties for over 20 years. And we talk every week about the reality of running property businesses. Please do remember that we can email you every month with property market insights. If you join the Business of Property mailing list, you can find the link to that in the show notes. Now, if you are in a full-time job, you will probably know your salary. And you may even know the profit that you get to keep on that salary. So that, is, that would be your, your take-home pay after you've given a bit to the good old HMRC. You, you get to keep most of your money. So maybe you're a 40% tax rate payer, and that might mean that you get to keep 60%, a bit more than 60% because of the tax-free allowance and things, of, of your salary. So you're running at a, a 60 plus percent profit margin on, on your pay. But if you want to replace your salary, you, you know what your take home is. And that might be, I don't know, for the sake of easy maths, let's say £5,000 a month. You're, you're well paid and, and that, that's what you, you're used to and that's what you think you need to, to be comfortable. And you're used to to the salary relating to that only being a little bit bigger because you only lose a little bit to the tax man. However, if you're running a business and looking to actually extract that money as profit from that business, now suddenly that business is going to have to have much, much higher income than that because the profit on a business won't be 60%. It'll probably be 10%, maybe depending on the business, but obviously we're, we're talking about property businesses. And it might only be 5%. And now suddenly, in order to, to achieve that profit margin of £5,000 a month, if, let's just say, you're looking at a, a 10% profit margin, and that, that I think is fairly optimistic. We, we might talk a little more about that in this episode, but that's fairly optimistic you're now looking at needing income into your property business of well into six figures. In fact, £600,000, I think, if I've done the mental arithmetic correctly, which I may not have. But, but that's a huge amount of money. So I think today, Stuart, we are going to be looking at how you can sort of evaluate that and the amount you actually need and try and work work backwards from what you're looking for to, to what you, you need to achieve to, to actually have that as income. So where are we going to start? Yeah, that's right. I, it's, it's something that I didn't do myself, but when I did, I realised the job in hand. Being very fortunate and being on a six-figure salary, I always had it in my head that, that I was going to aim for that from property. And I went headlong into property without considering just what that actually meant. I just thought, buy a few properties, add water, and hey, presto, we're going to have a salary which will keep me, the kids fed, and give us holidays and stuff. And that wasn't proven to be the case. So we are talking about reverse engineering what is required from property to get where you need to go. So... The example you just talked about, so within my property business, 
it's taken us quite a few years to make profit. Now, that's not to say that I haven't taken funds out of the business. We have. That's the beauty of properties that we can do refinancing. We can do other creative things so the money does get unlocked. But if we are running a property business, ultimately, it does need to be a commercially profitable enterprise and therefore needs to generate profit. Otherwise, what is the point? And I think that just like any other business, you need to build it in such a fashion that at one day you could step out of it, even if you were stepping out of it for the family or whatever, or handing it over. But just back to the original point. So when I think about what I needed a property business to do, now let's say, you know, so my, my figure was a six figure number, but if in the start I knew that my smallest number would be let's say 50k per annum because that is what would pay the mortgage pay the grocery bills etc then essentially i'm going to need somewhere between four and four and a half thousand pounds net income per month and that's the first bit of maths that i didn't do or rather i i did do it on my first property because my first property was a little flat and it was a one bed flat and it netted out at around 200 a month. And when I say netted out, that was 200 a month, 200 a month less mortgage, less insurance. Uh, it was in personal names, but let's not get into that. And what I hadn't factored into that net amount was also the, um, the tax that we would pay on that. So actually, the 200 net was, was not even 200 net. So to get to my number of, let's just say, 4,000 a month, well, already... I'm going to need 20 of those. And, you know, if they're, if they're 100,000 a pop and I needed 25K a month, well, you know, I'm not necessarily going to do the maths here, but let's just say we'd need a lot of money. So this is why, Simon, we were talking about the fact that this is very, it's very important to get very clear on the financial goal that we have because it'll tell you what the job is in at hand because we could, we could do that. We could buy 20 one-bed flats. And your strategy is not flats, but it's properties that, that can take you there. That's definitely a longer burn. Or it could be a number of HMOs, which is the route I went down, because, of course, it doesn't take long to work out. Well, actually, I need more income than that. So let's go down the multi-let route. So that was kind of the first step is get really clear on what is the the absolute number that I must achieve to make this business work for me. Yep. And... I think you're right in so much as it's it can be a very different number for different people. So my my sort of property plan, my portfolio is not really intended to to provide active income for my my current life. It was always intended to be more of a, a sort of pension play. So at that point in life, the expectation is that you you don't need quite as much money to to actually live on. Maybe your mortgage is paid off, your children have moved out, and, and whatever else. So your your living expenses are lower, and hence that was sort of the the expectation that at that point it wouldn't that portfolio wouldn't need to provide quite as large an income. However, I, I do actually use some of the the property portfolio income to to live on currently so rather than rather than actually living on it it is just sort of supporting life um or a part of life so 
it, it can still be be useful, even if it hasn't fully replaced what would be a, a an otherwise salary. So, if we know our salary, do we do we say okay, this is the current salary, and we want to replace all of it, or is it worth going back to the drawing board and saying what do what do we actually need in order to live on before we we start working out what we before we start working out how we're going to produce that amount do you, do you think it's it's worth doing that or do you think if you're going into business you should really be be aiming high and, and not trying to take a step backwards as part of it i actually think it's both i i think that and, and this is a drum that i've been beating recently is that when we're going into business, we need to make sure our expenditure, our personal expenditure is is as low as possible. It's the unsexy truth, but it's the truth is that why build to the level you're at? Actually make sure that your your outgoings are as low as they can be because that makes everything easier. I wish that I had focused more time on that. But on the flip side of that coin, I also believe in trying to build something much, much well. And this is me. This is just my personal experience. But for me, just trying to build something that just about gives us enough or is just about doing enough isn't how I'm wired. If I want to build something, I'm I want to build something quite big. And as we've shared, you know, my my property business in terms of rent roll is pushing a very high six figure turnover at the moment. And that I appreciate is a vanity metric. And I really truly believe that because we could be turning over millions upon millions, but if if there's zero profit in the business, it, it doesn't mean a thing. So it's for me, it's really just about having that big audacious goal to inspire us to go and do the things we want to do because property, despite what social media tells us, isn't the glamorous thing. You've heard on this podcast the last couple of weeks, you know, that the glamour is driving to Dunelm or you know, putting your arm in a U, but you know, there there are things you get involved with that just isn't what the Instagram stories are going to tell you, but that is the nature of the business if you're going to build it. So I think you need something that's going to inspire yourself, uh, even if that is just the inspiration comes from yourself about building something for your future generations. You know, th- my inspiration is going to be different to Simon's, it's going to be different to someone else's, and it's just finding what that is for you. So, but to answer the question, I think we need to do a bit of both, which is make sure our outgoings as low as possible, but then also putting goals in place that surpass where it is we need to be because you know if if you set the bar really low as i've heard in the past what happens when you meet it <laughs> you know and and that is why we aim higher go, go to the beach and have a rest <laughs> of course <laughs> well actually i haven't said that. i don't like beaches personally but anyway <laughs> that's a, a, another topic so okay so we're, we we should try and sort of minimize our expenses before we we work out what it is we actually need and and I think we could probably have a whole discussion on how you can go about minimizing household expenses and, and life expense and life expenses. And there there are lots of things that everybody realizes. I mean, just don't don't buy a Starbucks coffee every day, for example. Um we'll, we'll save a, a surprising amount of money. But then there 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 are less obvious things as well. And we, we could probably talk for a whole episode or more about it so i don't think we're going to dig into that today but do let us know if that's something you, you really think we should talk about um, you can reach us show at the business of property.com 
but for today then we're going to assume that we have worked out uh, a sort of minimum amount that that we really do need to hit and maybe we have a, a higher goal as well that's above that that will actually be our, our target for what we'd like to hit so let's explore some sort of quick rules of thumb for going from that figure to what we might need in a property business to achieve it so what figure are we going to choose today Stuart? Well, let's let's choose the arbitrary number that most people seem to go for, of 100,000. I need £100,000 per annum to live the life I want to lead and still still go on holiday as well as feed the kids. I, I think that's, uh, that's definitely more at the, the goal level for, from, for, I think, probably an average person. But, yep, yeah, okay, it's a nice round number at least. So let, let's work with that. So if we're looking at needing £100,000 a year, um, in terms of profit, money that we can take out of the business, then if we assume the the business is making a, a 10% profit level or profit margin or whatever, then that would suggest that the business would need a million pounds of turnover, a million pounds of revenue coming into it. Now, that's a hell of a lot. It is a lot of money. And for the interests of this exercise, we're not going to talk about you know, salary, we're just talking about profit. But ultimately, what you really want to be doing if you're running this as a proper business is taking a salary before profit. So ultimately, we want our business to generate profit after we've taken our salary. But for the purposes of this exercise, just to really drive home the point of how big a business would need to be, we're just going to talk about this as if it were profit. So, so Simon's absolutely right in terms of if you were, wanted that salary of 100000 and you were getting 10% profit, then clearly you'd need a million pounds worth of revenue coming out of the business. Now, straight away, you then need to look at what properties are going to deliver that type of revenue and over which time frame you want to do it. Because I, I might buy an HMO and refurbish it, and a good one in my area might generate £35,000 gross per annum. And I'm just going to say typically that property itself um, will generate a third of that. So let's say 10000 And of course, you know, those of you that are very quick on maths will say, well, that's a, that's a third. That profit's a third, Stuart, um, which is higher than your 10%. But as you grow, you're going to need to, without getting too technical, blend your Profit. So overall, you know, once you've got 10, 20 properties, it might net out at 10%. Some of them are going to do better, some of them are going to do worse. But so, but even if we start with a really good property that I buy for third, uh, the, sorry, that I purchase and it generates 10,000 net income, well, straight away, I know, you know, how many of those I'm going to need. I'm going to need 10 of those, 10 of those properties to do what I need it to do. And to get a property that's going to generate £30,000 worth of income, I know I'm going to need to buy something, a property that's in a ballpark of £250,000. That's, that's already quite a lot of money, and it's going to get multiplied up in a moment. But just, <laughs> I thought I'd just put in the, the other sort of train of thought since I started it. And if, if we were going with only a 10% sort of profit margin, then... That and then looking at revenue needing to be 
a million or so, that would be approximately 30 of the properties you just mentioned in order to, to get that high. So, so we're obviously looking at a, a, a lot of properties. Yeah. And, and, you know, this is what I did when I first started out. I said, oh, OK, right, this is going to be really simple. I want I need to get to number X and I need a certain number of rooms. My my very basic math said I need 100 rooms. And I thought, oh, that's that's really easy. And then I worked out the number of average rooms per property was five. So straight away, I worked out that I would need 20 properties. And, you know, that's kind of where we're coming out. So based on our examples, it the number doesn't really matter. I think the point is very clear because what we're saying is you'd need 20 properties, 30 properties, even on high cash flow. Now, even if, if they're kicking out a third. So a lot of people might be saying, well, Stuart, you've obviously done something wrong if you're only getting 10% net profit. Fine, get 25% profit. But you're still looking at a very high number of properties. And most people don't have, you know, so we're talking, we, even just with the examples we've given, we've talked about needing in the ballpark of two to three million pounds to buy. Okay, we can leverage that with the bank. And if we're doing well now, we can leverage that at 75% loan to value. If we're doing well on an HMO, you could go higher, but on current interest rates, that's going to affect, guess what? Your profit. Because the higher loan to value you go, the higher percentage rate you're going to go, and that's going to push down your net profit. And this is the the, the equations we're talking about. Exactly. And I mean, you're, you're needing huge amounts of capital, even just to fund the deposits. I mean, we're looking sort of million-ish, million plus. I mean, if you're looking at the, the, the 30 properties, you're looking at nearly 2 million. And it, that's, that's a lot of money. And as you say, the, the more you're borrowing, the, the more it's costing you and the more that's creating pressure on what is actually the profit and therefore the more properties you need. And if you don't happen to have a million, two million quid sitting around, then you're going to probably be borrowing that as well as borrowing the money from the bank. And that money is quite possibly going to be more expensive than the money from the bank. So again, all of this is putting downward pressure on your profit margin. And hence, why rather than looking at needing 10 properties and making 30% profit, you might actually be looking at needing 30 properties and only making the 10% profit margin that we, we sort of started discussing. And I think that's just an incredible amount of properties to to collect and then then obviously be responsible for. And I can speak from pers- personal experience about this because that pretty much was my path. Was I came in, bought a couple of properties with my own funds and the banks, realized the scale of funding that I would need to to grow as quickly as I wanted, so then took on investor finance. And as you've said, the, the cost of investor finance was uh, much higher, i.e. the percentage rate was higher. And we are now like a little bit like a dog chasing our tail because we're growing the business. But as we're growing the business, the, the, the funding requirement has not lessened. It's, it's grown. And of course, we all know what's happened with interest rates. And yeah, so you, you, know, you end up in this cycle where you're bringing the cost down. So what what we're, we're bringing out here is that this isn't cut and dried, but it's quite feasible, but you need a plan. You need a plan for doing this. And I, and I did work a plan out, got the spreadsheets out. 
And to get to my 100 rooms, there was a lot of funding required. So it, it helped reorganize my thinking in such a way. And so rather than thinking I was going to do 100 rooms in a year, I slapped myself in the face and then said, okay, let's build a more realistic plan and let's do this over five years and let's map it out that way. Because all of the things that we've just spoken about would mean you know, incredible amounts of funding. And we're guessing that most people listening to this podcast are probably similar to ourselves and don't have access to huge amounts of capital that means that they could just invest because otherwise it's, it's uh, less of a thought, isn't it? You're, you could just buy hands-off turnkey investments that are going to generate X percentage that you need to kick out to maintain your style of living, which is where we're all trying to get to. Indeed. We're running out of time, but I'm not quite sure how to really round off this episode other than to say make a plan and actually think through the fact that as you build the portfolio assuming you don't have the big pots of money to start with it is going to get expensive to keep borrowing and to keep building with that or or it's going to take a lot of time i mean you you could you can let time do the building for you as well but then it needs a lot more time So do have that plan and do try and be realistic with the numbers that you build into it. Just because you can have one property that might return 30% profit on the the sort of income, don't necessarily expect that to be fully scalable forevermore. And there may be situations where you need to actually expect a bit less than that in order to, to have a a reliable plan that isn't going to sort of cause unexpected issues along the way. So I think we'll finish it there. And we really would appreciate if you could pop into your podcast player of choice and leave us a quick rating, preferably five stars. And Stuart and I will talk to you again next week.